Think you need to see medical or something? No. Imagine if you were to have diabetes and wind up in jail. Chances are that you'll get the insulin to maintain your blood sugar levels. If you don't, there'll be a public outrage over this violation of your human rights. Now imagine having an addiction to opiates. What care and consideration are taken to ensure that the dangerous withdrawal symptoms is considered when you go into custody? Diabetics do not choose to rely on insulin to stabilize their blood sugars but sometimes insulin is required to maintain healthy, controlled glucose. Patients become addicted to prescription medication, and the slide from pain control to full addiction habits can happen very quickly, as described by this young girl, now dependent on her addiction to avoid going through the painful process of withdrawal. I did an oxy. I got addicted right away. Every time I do dope, I know I'm taking a risk. I know that I, I might die, but, like, it... It doesn't matter how many times I've OD'd, I still use the next day because the withdrawals are so bad. Katie has been in the news before. She and her sister attacked by a Rottweiler cross back in December. Katie was badly hurt and spent time in hospital. She says that cemented her addiction to fentanyl. An addiction to opiates forces the individual, when taken into custody, into withdrawal symptoms that can only be relieved by taking more opiates. According to CSC spokeswoman Sarah Parks, diversion of methadone or suboxone, even in minimal amounts, may lead to significant adverse effects, including respiratory depression and even death. Quitting cold turkey by force without an appropriate detoxification process can lead to extreme pain and episodes of anxiety, diarrhea, vomiting, elevated heart rate, and even when thinking about the dangers of opioid addiction, incarceration most likely is not what comes to mind, as most don't consider sudden and forcible withdrawal when someone goes to jail. Withdrawal symptoms are severe for addicts to endure anywhere, especially excruciating and sometimes fatal for the ones who find themselves behind bars, where resources to manage opiate withdrawal can be limited. Here we have a young man in prison as he describes his own first-hand experience going through withdrawal. I'm starting to get withdrawals and it's starting to take effect now since I haven't used in almost 12 hours. You start getting cold, cold, hot, cold, hot. You start sneezing a lot, nose starts running, vomiting. You can't get comfortable. Imagine being physically sick with the flu, just where you don't want to move. Your bones ache, your body aches, your stomach hurts. You just feel like throwing up. You just drained of everything physically. And that's what I'm going to start going through. I'm scared. When inmates arrive and have high amounts of drugs in their system, the risk of potentially overdosing and suffering from fatal withdrawal becomes a reality. In a closed setting such as jail and remand centers, there is limited access to medical care 
just poor nutrition, overcrowding, unsanitary conditions, and all these factors can lead to potentially fatal results. In some correction institutes, prisoners have reported having been cut off Suboxone or Methadone, some cold turkey, and suffering painful and dangerous withdrawal symptoms. On occasion, opiate-addicted inmates are supplied with methadone to help with the withdrawal symptoms, while other opiate-addicted inmates are likely to face the reality of untreated withdrawal and possible death while incarcerated. 18-year-old heroin addict Victoria Tory Hare called her mother from jail following her first drug-related arrest. Her mother says she sounded disoriented and said she feared she was dying, complaining of being thirsty. Hare had had a 10-bag-a-day habit. She collapsed following days of severe vomiting and diarrhea at the Lebanon County Correctional Facility. After five days in the hospital, she died on Easter Sunday, 2015. At least a half dozen deaths nationwide have occurred during the last two years involving jail heroin withdrawal. Advocates fear the number will grow given the nation's heroin crisis. They find the deaths particularly troubling because opioid withdrawal, while miserable, is rarely life-threatening if medication, monitoring, and intravenous fluids are available. The complaint asserts that these practices discriminate against prisoners who suffer from addiction which is considered a disability under human rights. The World Health Organization recommends in-prison methadone programs and the United Nations Basic Principles for the Treatment of Prisoners, Principle 9 states, prisoners shall have access to the health services available in the country without discrimination on the grounds of their legal situation. As the Canadian government is trying to combat the opioid crisis, it seems that our correctional centers are having a difficult time helping addicted inmates. When inmates get admitted into remand centers, they are innocent until proven otherwise in court. There are innocent people across the country who are dying in jail cells due to the lack of policy and procedures to aid in inmates suffering from opiate withdrawal. In a CBC News article dated May 15, 2018, it states, there are protocols established for inmates withdrawing from alcohol addiction that the correction officers believe could be fatal while detoxing from opiates is not. This statement was part of an investigation into the death of a 21-year-old woman in Saskatchewan who died while in custody. The Calgary Correctional Institution in Alberta worked with the Provincial Health Authority to develop an opioid addiction treatment pilot program. This program is a success and now spreading into some of the other Alberta Correctional Centers. The Alberta Health Services ran the pilot for seven months at the Calgary Correctional Center, where 60 inmates were prescribed Suboxone or Methadone from September 2017 to the end of March 2018.